peace during the final storm. How is this? Keep in mind that presently we are on probation. Our time is precious. We have but a few, very few days of probation in which to make ready for the future immortal life. Child Guidance 555. And so in order to understand this aspect, it is extremely important. A few days only. And I need to be also filled with the Holy Spirit in order to share this. Let's pray. Precious Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be accepted in your sight, O Savior and Lord and Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so probation. You go to the dictionary and you find a number of definitions. Do you know what probation means? What do you think? Here. The process or period of testing or observing the character or abilities of a person in a certain role. For example, new employees and whatever. But it's a period of testing. And here the Lord wants us to be all in heaven. But he has a period of testing and seeing if we are qualified to survive there. Because if you are not qualified here, what makes you think that suddenly, if you are in heaven, you qualify? And so that is probation. Probation. Many are deceiving themselves by thinking that the character will be transformed at the coming of Christ. But there will be no conversion of heart at his appearance. Our defects of character must be here, be repented of, and through the grace of Christ we must overcome them while probation shall still last. This is the place for fitting up for the family above. Adventist Home 319. So you keep in mind that now is the time, probation. But how often do we realize probation? You know? All are accountable for their actions while in this world upon probation. All have power to control their actions if they will. So here is the tremendous importance of the willpower. Do you will or not? Or do you will to continue to wallow in the sinful world? See, what is the end? Think about it. What is the end of all those things? Heaven or hell? A total destruction. And so it says here, if they are weak in virtue, and purity of thoughts and acts, they can obtain help from the friend of the helpless. Jesus is acquainted with all the weaknesses of human nature, and if entreated, will give strength to overcome the most powerful temptations. All can obtain this strength 
if they seek for it in humility. Now, what do you think that means? <laughs> okay, Lord, we will do that. Or, Lord, I'm weak. How can I do that? But in you is my hope, my strength. And so, if we are humble enough, which means we are weak, we recognize our failures, our weaknesses, then there is help. Promises during probation. Promises during probation. This is, we have to keep it in mind, friends. This is solid, that is good, that is invincible. Probation for what? It's the time to choose Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's up to you. It's a time to overcome sin with the faith of Jesus. Get ready for Jesus' coming. Time to develop faith and be cleansed by the Holy Spirit. It's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. It's Christ. It's all the time Christ, Christ, Christ. This is the time to prepare others for Jesus' return. It is not only for yourself. But unless you prepare yourself for this event, how would you help others? This is an experience that you need to have. And the sooner you have it, the easier it is to help others. You know, you can have all the health, sister, excellent, you know, this health outreach here of this church. But unless you have this special experience in probation, you only make sick sinners healthy sinners. And that is what many of our medical professions do. They are tremendous. And what they do they add only a few years to your life, and then you will be gone. But here, if you know the experience that you have with Jesus, and the victories that you have got, then you can help sin, sick, sin sinners to be healthy saints. And that lasts forever. And so there are two ways to close probation. One is through death, that's the end. And the other one is Michael stand up to close of probation. So either God closes it or you by death. And so the close of probation, he that is holy, let him be still holy. Here is in heavenly places, page 347, a marvelous thought. Ever we are to keep in mind the solemn thought of the Lord's soon return. And in view of this, to recognize the individual work to be done. Through the aids of the Holy Spirit, we are to what? Resist, Resist natural inclinations 
and tendency to wrong and weed out of the life every unchrist element. We have those sinful propensities. It takes us away from Christ. But God says resist. What does the promise say? Resist the devil. And he will flee. Now how do we resist? Throw night to God. It's your opportunity. Throw night to God. So there is an involvement of us. A clear involvement with our will. What are we going to do? Thus we shall prepare our hearts for the reception of God's blessing, which will impart to us grace and bring us into harmony with the faith of Jesus. Now that's very important because frequently we realize how weak our faith is. We do it and it seems like rope of sand. But who is in better faith than we? Jesus. He has faith and he offers this faith to us. Can you see the difference? Yes, we have to be have faith in the process, but what is better than our faith? Jesus' faith. The faith of Jesus. And at the end of the three angels' messages, what does it say? Here are they that keep the commandments of God and keep the faith of Jesus. It doesn't need to say the your faith, no, the faith of Jesus. So here we have the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The commandment, how do you do this? How can you keep the commandments? Not my faith, but Jesus' faith. So the faith of Jesus, friends, is the gospel. See? Obedience, and only the gospel can provide you that. Isn't it marvelous? And this is beautiful. This is what, what God has, has done for us. For this work of preparation, great advantages have been granted to this people in the light bestowed, in messages of warning and instruction sent through the agency of the Spirit of God. See? Think about it. Why have we received the spirit of prophecy? What is the testimony of Jesus? The spirit of prophecy. See? It's marvelous. And God has given this to whom? To the remnant church. Revelation 12, verse 7, there is a tremendous conflict. And Satan, after the 70, after the 1260 years, he is still angry on the woman. It seems that she has escaped. And he is angry with the woman. He has a war with the woman. Who? Keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So Jesus is so concerned about your success that at the end of time, he sent special prophets to us. You see? So that we don't need to be afraid. 
so that we have these specific Jesus counsels in the very end. And so, friends, we are one of the most fortunate of all people. Most fortunate. Message of warning. The Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And they both enter into our mind. Where do they enter into our mind? The frontal lobe. The frontal lobe is the physiological package that causes us to make decisions. Crucial. And we need to fill this with the truth and nothing but the truth. Friends, daily we need to drink of the fountain of the scriptures and daily we have to pay attention to the spirit of prophecy. Oh, yeah, but to say, you know, there are some good books, you know, you have to read those very, very fascinating books about spiritual walk and whatever, by that evangelist and by that evangelist. That's well fine if you have the time. But we need to fill our mind with the best. There are so many, many good books. But friends, I have only time for the best. Think about it. Think about it. And if you have hours to spend day to day to day, great. Read everything you want. I don't have all the time. No. And so morning worship and evening worship, I want only to have the full inspiration. Not half inspiration, not 95% of the inspiration. Full inspiration that I can trust and every word I can believe and it is solid. I don't need to say, okay, is this true or is this not true? No, I have no time for this. I need to have the full impartation of the Spirit of God. Don't you? And so here then, the words here in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy words were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, Jeremiah 15, 16. And not only this here, but what about the spirit of prophecy? You know, the information comes to us. And here is a congregation in the early church. And they are unique because they receive the word with all readiness of mind. And search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Acts 17, 11. And so, friends, whatever I share with you, don't accept it because I said it. Because right. I have been a professor, I have been a teacher, I have been a pastor, I have been an evangelist. No! You take those things and you look at the YouTube and you compare them. Are they in harmony with the Word of God? And if not, it's your responsibility to call me up and say, you know, you talk nicely, but I have a problem. Because I don't want to be lost. I want to be saved. Why do I share this? Because I want you to be saved. And so we all have an ultimate responsibility of sharing those with each other. 
And so the Bible gives us rejoicing. Joy, joy, joy. And the spirit of prophecy, it was received with all the readiness of mind. And so that's what we do. We have to be open to all those things. Anything God, if you say it. If that's inspiration, we don't question it. Anything God. Ah, can the Bible, can there be not a, a mistake here, a mistake there? Tell me about, what do you think is the mistake? This? No. Are you sure? If we cannot trust the divine revelation, friends, we may as well pack our stuff and join the world because there's no certainty. No certainty. But we need to have the divine certainty. Everything from the word of God is joy and solidness. Anything God. And so before Jesus comes, he has a special purifying work for us. It's for the, through the Holy Spirit for the latter rain in Revelation 18. The angel that comes. And what did the angel do? He proclaims this message and goes all over the world. All over the world. The message of righteousness by faith is through Jesus Christ. And so how does it go? Christ's final invitation for the second advent. Near the close of earth's harvest, a special bestowal of spiritual grace is promised to prepare the church for the coming of the Son of Man. This outpouring of the Spirit is likened to the falling of the latter rain. Acts of the Apostles, page 55. This is the early rain of the Word. But unless the latter rain comes, there will not be any future. Remember, it is the early and the latter rain that gives the harvest. The spring harvest, the grain harvest, in the, or then in the latter part of the year, the harvest of the grapes. See, both of them, the one generates, the other one brings to completion. And that is what in the spiritual world is also there. Yes, we can study the Bible, and we study the Bible, but we need at the same time the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to explain to us the beautiful truth of the gospel. And so here then the purpose of the letter rain, it prepares for the time of trouble. What does Revelation 13 tell us? The mark of the beast, the terrible, terrible, terrible times. How are we pre to prepare? Some people don't even want to listen to the book of Revelation because it is so fearful and eh, terrible. But friends, the Lord knows it. He doesn't want us to have fear. It is the latter rain which revives and strengthens them, God's people, to pass through the time of trouble. Review and Herald, May 27, 1862. It fits the persons for the latter rain and translation. Those who come up to every point and stand every test and overcome be the prize what it may be. 
have heeded the counsel of the true witness, and they will receive the letter rain, and thus fitted for translation. You know, that last phase is so fearful and so terrible that people shake and they say, we never make it. But to give them strength and power and certainty in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is it. And so, what how do you need to be prepared? You need to come up to every point to set every text to over, test to overcome. How can you be an overcomer? Only through the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you get it? Through the lettering. So it is not a matter of, hey, this is optional. It's mandatory. How to be a part of the letter rain? The third angel's message. Therefore, we have to proclaim the third angel's message. Extremely important. The third angel's message is swelling into a loud cry. And you must not feel at liberty to neglect the present duty and still entertain the idea that at some future time you will be the recipient of great blessing when without any effort on your part, a wonderful revival will take place. No, we need to be fully involved. It's fully us and fully God. Today, you have to have your vessels purified, that it may be ready for the heavenly dew, ready for the showers of the latter rain, for the latter rain will come, and the blessing of God will fill every soul. Praise the Lord. That is purified from every defilement. See? And it is God that has the broom and they will sweep us clean. But are you willing to call upon him to do that work? See? It's beautiful, beautiful. It will come but it will not fill your soul when you still cherish iniquities. No. Because God is a jealous God. And he doesn't want to compete with Satan. I want you for myself. And which husband let his wife go? You know, with the deceiver. No, you want to have her for yourself. And that's exactly with the Lord also. He wants to do this. And he can accomplish this, provided you give up your friendship with the devil. Oh, yeah, you say there's only a little bit. No. No little bits. He wants to have the full sweep of your heart. Invitation for a baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is our work today to yield our souls to Christ, that we may be fitted for the refreshing, time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Fill, fitted for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Evangelism 701. And therefore, friends, this morning we called upon you to make this commitment of daily calling upon the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See? Those things do marvels. But if you don't do this, 
you will have a hard time. You may never survive. Here it is. Christian Experiences and Teachings, page 188. Courage, fortitude, faith, and implicit trust in God's power to save. Do not come in a moment. See? Not after one meeting. No. These heavenly graces are required by an experience of years. But a life of holy endeavor and firm adherence to the right, the children of God were sealing their destiny. Beset with temptations without number, they knew they must resist firmly or be conquered. They felt that they had a great work to do and that any hour, at any hour, they might be called to lay off their armor and should come to the close of life with the work undone. It would be an eternal loss. See? So it is certainly worthwhile to venture upon this. It's only 60, 70, 80 years. You're gone. What is that in comparison to eternity? No end. All the finances, real estate that you can collect here is nothing in comparison to eternity. And you grow and you become more lovable, more kind, more gracious. Perfection will never stop. Here you begin and at every stage you can be perfect and in heaven you continue. Isn't it fantastic? What the Lord has in mind. There is a development without end. Without end. I can't imagine this. But yet it is for Jesus to give us that. Lesson of faith now. What do we have now? Little trials. Little, trials. Little persecutions. Bad health, bad family situation, grief, pain, and suffering. All of those are now. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, because they are only little in comparison to the future. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 And so friends, learn faith from the faithful one. Learn faith from Jesus our lover. And what he went through is nothing to the little things that we have to see. He being God, he could wipe out all oppositions with supernatural power. But he didn't. He wanted to be just like you in your position. You're there. You're weak. And Christ was also weak. But his power was in the Father. He called upon him, 
and he got the victory. And so can you. Isn't it fantastic? When probation closes, here is the confusion among many of us. What happened? Daniel 12, verse 1. The situation at the time of the close of probation. Christ has finished his antitypical high priestly work as mediator in the heavenly sanctuary. There is no more forgiveness or atonement for sin. Why not? Because he's finished. He is finished. And if he is finished, you ought to be finished too. God's wrath will then pour it out upon the wicked in the seven last plagues. Revelation 14, verse 9 to 11 through 16. No more forgiveness. Why? Because he is finished and leaves the sanctuary. And as long as he's in the sanctuary, there's forgiveness. Is he today in the sanctuary? Yes. Today is the important time. How can humans survive in the time of trouble? As many have discussed this. Who is able to stand in the day of the Lord? Revelation 7, verse 2 and 3. Only those who receive the seal of the living God in their forehead will be protected. Remember the last section of Revelation 6. There is the second coming. And what do the great men and the presidents of this world do? They cry out. Now they pray. But they pray to the rocks and the mountains. It's too late to be covered, to shelter them from this view of Christ. And the question there is, who will be able to stand? And then the next chapter, 7, will tell you who will stand. Those who will be sealed with the seal of the living God. And how can you get that seal of the living God? That is the key here. And anyone who still cherishes sins will be out. Those who are sealed. When Christ finishes his atoning ministry for forgiveness, at that time shall Michael, which is Christ, stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the, the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was, and there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. The early pioneers of the Adventist church had many sermons about how to be in the book, the book of life. It's important to think about it. Is, are your names there? You hope, you hope. This is a picture of one of the houses of the Waldenses. And every year I have mentioned to some of you, I have tours that go to the Waldenses to learn from that experience. And here is what uh, the Spirit of Prophecy says in Christian Experiences, page 188. When those early Christians were exiled 
to mountains and deserts, were left in dungeons to die with hunger, cold, and torture. When martyrdom seems the only way out of their distress, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for Christ. <coughs> Christ who was crucified for them. Their worthy example will be a comfort and encouragement to those, to the people of God, who will be brought into the time of trouble such as never was. So the past experiences are so important. In fact, here you see the dungeon in Rome, and that is called here the Mamartine prison. And that was the traditional place where Peter and Paul were incarcerated just before they were executed. Peter crucified upside down, and Paul beheaded because he was a Roman citizen and could not be crucified. Very tragic. But she says here, their worthy example will be a comfort and an encouragement for us. So the more we understand what the price that they paid and what they went through, the more it is an encouragement for us. When Michael stands up, when Christ finishes his work, an angel returning from earth announces that his work is done. The final test has been brought upon the world, and all who have proved themselves loyal to divine precepts have received the seal of the living God. See, are you loyal? Loyal to Jesus no matter what. Then Jesus ceases his intercession in the sanctuary above. What does he do that? For you and me, because we are sinners. He intercedes for us. But one day he will seize it. He lifts up his hand with a loud voice and says, It is done. And all the angelic hosts lay off their crowns as he makes a solemn announcement. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Revelation 22, 11. When every case has been decided for life or death, and that is presently being taken care of by Jesus, Christ has made the atonement for his people, blotted out their sins. And when he leaves the sanctuary, darkness covers the inhabitants of the earth. In that fearful time, the righteous must live in the sight of the holy God without an intercessor. Great controversy 6.13 and 6.14. In what way does Christ intercede? He intercedes for sinners that commits sin. But when that is finished, there's nobody to plead anymore for you in the sanctuary. It's gone. And now, without an intercessor, we have to live. How do we do this? When Michael stands up, when our high priest has finished his work in the sanctuary, he will stand up, put on the garments of vengeance, and then the seven last plagues will be poured out. They will be poured out on a generation of human beings 
who have officially declared through their governments the genocide of God's people. Remember, the universal death decree. They have known all the past. They have been taught by God's people and they have then finally rejected and declared they must be eliminated from planet Earth. Then God's wrath will come unmixed with grace. Unmixed. It's terrible. And so that's what they deserve. And God's people will be prepared, be, be protected because Michael stand up for his people. When during the time you stand without an intercessor, who is still working on this earth? The Holy Spirit. Christ's representative is still with us. And if you are not sure of your walk with Christ, then it is time to be fearful. But if you are sure in Christ, you got the victory. It's the Holy Spirit that helps you. And so you don't need to be afraid. He's still with you. When Michael stood up, what does it reveal about the end of Christ's priesthood? Christ and the typical day of atonement ends just before the second advent. And when his final mediation is finished, the time of trouble begins. When does Michael stand up? Nobody knows. No. So what does it mean for us? Be prepared in the future? Every day preparing. Be ready, be ready, be ready. And if you be ready and if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't need to be afraid. Because Christ says, peace, be still. You don't need to be with the disciples, fearing. No. So when the irrevocable decision of the sanctuary has become pronounced, and the destiny of the world has been forever fixed, the inhabitants of the earth will know it not. Great controversy 6, 15. But how do you get to know that things are not anymore normal? Because of what you see as the result of the plagues. The terrible disease that is among the people of the beast. The heat, the blood, rivers and oceans, the darkness. All of those things will take place. And then the wrath of the wicked is against God's people. But then you call upon the Lord. And he protects you. And the, the implements that were raised up to kill God's people will fall powerlessly beside you. Yes. When Michael stands up, how are God's people involved? Only the seal of the living God protects them at that time. They will be sealed. They will not send sin anymore. They will be sealed. They are, by that time, they are so in love with Jesus that there is no opportunity but keep on going with Jesus. Victory of all temptations lead to the sharing of the latter rain. That is the time for now. How can that be deceived? 
by drawing closer and closer to Jesus. One of the earliest visions, he said, you know, victory of every besetment, every sin. How can you do this? By drawing closer and closer to Jesus. Now, some of us have said, okay, forget, we can't do it, and have left. Tragic, tragic. Because all power is given to you through Jesus. Without a mediator, a mediator is only necessary for believers who are still sinning. See? But if you don't sin through Christ's power, you don't need to be afraid. You gain the victory. Since all cases have been decided, either a person has overcome their sins and received the seal of the living God or will have the mark of the beast. There's no intercession. And so it is important. You know, many people have not studied this, don't know this, and they are fearful. But now you know it, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid if you love Jesus. Now, if you don't love Jesus, if you have been baptized and, and going to the church and you don't love Jesus, that is tragic. Those are sad Adventists, not joyful Adventists. You see? If you don't love him, how can you follow him? Just out of fear? It doesn't work. But if you look what the cross did for you, how he gave everything, the last blood, drop of blood he gave for you, can we not be thankful? Can we not rejoice that he did it? Angels let go the four winds. Satan's fury is unleashed. Satan will then plunge the inhabitants of the earth into a one great final trouble. As the angels of God cease to hold the check, the fierce wind of human passion, all the elements of strife will be let loose. The whole world will be involved in ruin more terrible than that which came upon Jerusalem of old. Great controversy, page 614. And in that catastrophe for Jerusalem, over one million people perished in that one city. They, there are forces now ready. And we see them in the newspapers. We see they are all ready. And only wait the divine permission to spread desolation everywhere. Great controversy 6.14. And certain Satan's fury is unleashed. Disasters take place everywhere. Tragic. Suffering everywhere. Diseases everywhere, riot and everywhere. We see it at the light evening news. Fear, men's heart failing them for fear. All faces are turned to paleness. Alas, for the day is great, so that none is like it. It's even the time of Jacob's trouble. 
but he shall be saved out of it. Jeremiah 30, verse 5 through 7. As Satan's accusers accuses the people of God on account of their sins, the Lord permits him to try them to the uttermost. Their confidence in God, their faith in firmness will be severely tested. As they review the past, their hopes sink. For in their whole lives they can see but little good. They are fully conscious of their weakness and unworthiness. Satan's endeavors to terrify them with the thought that their cases are hopeless. That the stain of their defilement will never be washed away. He hopes so to destroy their faith. That they will yield to his temptations and turn from the allegiance to to God. Great controversy 6.18. Accused, accused. Oh God, our help. When he leaves the sanctuary, darkness covers the inhabitants of the earth. In that fearful time, the righteous must live in the sight of a holy God without an intercessor. Yes, we have reflected on this. They will need no intercession because they are sealed. They're totally protected from Satan. But always need Jesus. Jesus is there right beside them through the Holy Spirit. See? So no matter how fearful all those things are, remember, Jesus is still there. Although he, is in, he stands up in heaven, through the Holy Spirit is here. And now, what is the experience of God's people? They afflict their souls before God, pointing to their past repentance, says, Lord, we have repented. And they are pleading the Savior's promise. Let him that takes hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me, Isaiah 27, verse 5. Their faith does not fail, because their prayers are not immediately answered. Though suffering the keenest anxiety, terror and distress, they do not cease their intercession. They lay hold of the strength of God as Jacob lay hold of the angel. And in the language of their souls, I will not let thee go, except Thou bless me. Great controversy, page 619. What do you say? Praise God. Sin has gone ahead of judgment. So in the time of trouble, if God's people had unconfessed sins to appear before them, while tortured with fear and anguish, they would be overwhelmed. They wouldn't make it. Despair would cut off their faith, and they could not have confidence to plead with God for deliverance. See? It is the unconfessed sins. Now, if you can't remember, you ask God to bring them to your mind. But if God doesn't bring them to your mind, no problem. No problem. Because then what you think is sins are not sins. Here, 
and don't let you be tortured by them. <coughs> but when they have a deep sense of their unworthiness, but that is very important, they have no concealed wrong to reveal. Their sins have gone before them into judgment, Titus 5.24, and have been blotted out, and they cannot bring them to remembrance. Great controversy 6.20. Isn't it beautiful? Yes, they feel unworthy and they try to remember and they can't remember. No, because they have confessed it and they go beforehand into judgment. And then they are blotted out. Blotted out. What do you say? See? So therefore it is important that you have to know and understand those things. Because if you don't understand those things, you are tortured with uncertainty and fear. And God is not a God that you should fear him. No. And this is there for us, the promise. But too late for those who believe this. Satan leads many to believe that God will overlook their unfaithfulness. Okay. In minor affairs of life. But the Lord shows in his dealings with Jacob that he will in no wise sanction or tolerate evil. All who endeavor to excuse or conceal their sins and permit them to remain upon the books of heaven, unconfessed and unforgiven, will be overcome by Satan. Those who delay a preparation for the day of judgment, the day of God, cannot obtain it in time of trouble, or at any subsequent time. The case of all such is hopeless. Isn't it tragic? So, okay, you know, God, it is only a minor matter, you know, you will overlook. Come on. If he overlooks it now, then the saints in heaven continue to sin. No. He wants to have that a kingdom and a and, 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 and and fully established in which sin will not become a second time. You see that? So that is God's will. And so he doesn't want you to be hopeless. Promises of health. God will not cast off those who have been deceived and tempted and betrayed into sin, but who have returned to him with true repentance while Satan seeks to destroy this class, God will send his angels to comfort and protect them in time of great peril. Great controversy 6.20. You see? And some of you may have fallen into this category. You may have tempted. You were into sin. Maybe even yesterday, even today. But return. You ought to return. And anyone who returns and sees his weakness, will be saved. Isn't it marvelous? What a gracious God we have. And so here, this then are the promises from God. The angels will help us and call upon him. And if the angel is not, call an angel is not good enough, you call upon the second angel to protect us. Here are some of the promises of health. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shed of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. 
Surely he shall deliver thee from the snares of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Psalm 91. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob, our refuge. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. For the time of trouble, he shall hide me in the pavilions. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. What do you say? <clears throat> now the assaults of Satan are fierce and determined. His delusions are terrible, but the Lord's eye is upon his people and his ear listen to their cries. Their affliction is great. The flames of the furnace seem to be about to consume them, but the refiner will bring them forth as gold tried in the fire. Great controversy 621. Isn't it marvelous? What a promise. And we have to feast upon this. God is listening. God's love for his children during the period of their severest trial is as strong and tender as in the days of the sunniest prosperity. But it is needful for them to be placed in the furnace of fire. Their earthlessness must be consumed that the image of Christ may be fully perfected. See? Yes, we have to go through this time of trouble. And that is good for us because we will shine as bright as the morning stars. God's love. Now, there are people in our church and throughout the world who say that the last generation cannot live through the time of trouble without sinning. In fact, when I was uh, doing some study at the World Council of Churches, the people came to me and said, you know, Darmstick, I cannot understand. Why are you so concerned about the Sabbath? Why are you concerned about those things? He says, you know, you shouldn't be concerned because you know that we cannot keep the law. We can't keep it, so why should you bother even there? And so among us there are also, will sin still be removed during the time of trouble? Some who think that believers will still sin till the second advent point to Ellen White's statement of their experience during the time of trouble, that it is needful for them to be placed in the furnace of fire, that earthliness must be consumed, that the image of Christ may be perfected, perfectly reflected. Now that is what they quote. Now the question is here, this they think means that believers are still in need of God's atoning grace to remove their earthliness that prevents them from reflecting the image of Christ perfectly. But 
our reply is, this earthlessness, earthliness is associated with the pull of the sinful nature. Because remember, the sinful nature will be with you during the time of trouble. So you have still the pull, but it doesn't mean that you have to give in. You see? It cannot be sins, since sins must be repented of during the pre-advent judgment to be forgiven or they will extinguish faith. Very simple. Help for a special class of believers. The context of this statement shows that Ellen White deals here with a special class of believers who, having been deceived and tempted and betrayed into sin, but who have returned unto him with true repentance before the close of probation. Through the memories of past sins, Satan seeks to destroy this class. But God will send his angels to comfort and protect them in the time of peril. See, there it is. Beautiful. The role of faith in the time of trouble. Note, sins have been sent before to judgment. They are atoned for. During the time of trouble without a mediator, it is one's faith and total dependence on God that is tried and strengthened, not weakened. Even Jesus on the cross could not see his father's face. He, by faith, knew his father was there. He, too, depended on the promises. Truly, faith is the victory that overcometh the world. Help for those who exercise little faith. And here you see even the grace and compassion of the Lord. She says here in Great Controversy, page 612, 622, those who exercise but little faith now will be plunged into deeper distress and anguish in the time of trouble because they have never made it a habit to trust in God. The lessons of faith. The lessons of faith which they have neglected, they will be forced to learn under a terrible pressure of discouragement. See, so some of us will still make it, but it will be a terrible time. See? It's better to prepare now. And then you will be a great help to those around you. Yes, isn't it, Jesus, merciful? Do our sinful nature prevent victory over sin until the second advent? Some quote Ellen White's statement, the closer we come to Jesus, the more faulty you will appear in your own eyes. It's Bible Echo, December 1, 1892. There seemed to be no victory possible. But our reply is, Though we'll, we, it will appear to be more faithful in our own eyes, faulty in our own eyes, it does not mean that we still commit sin. Instead, we are perceiving our weakness more clearly and our sins of a need of Christ's strength in the faith of Jesus. Yeah, we see that. See, so all those statements that we're being misused by the spirit of prophecy, Misused by people. But friends, those things need to be there. 
The context of Ellen White's statement is, there is still hope for those believers to survive the time of trouble so that they will be able to progress to reflecting the image of Christ perfectly. However, during this progress, they will not continue to sin. They will have to fight temptations and cravings of the sinful nature, but they will be overcomers through the faith of Jesus and not commit sins. Keep in mind that having a sinful nature is not sin, nor do we have to sin. You're being fought with temptations, but temptations are not sin. Amen. Keep that in mind. But the more you fuel those temptations by your practice of eating and drinking and seeing and whatever you do, looking at the night show, whatever, makes you more a candidate for failure. But you say, today I have to stop with God's help. Give me the power. Give me the strength. And you think that that is possible? Yes, that is possible. Ultimate peace for his own. Thou wilt keep them in peaceful, perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusted in thee. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Psalm 119, 165. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of man is peace. Psalm 37, 37. And so here is the appeal. Today is the time to call on the Lord for strength to resist temptations. See? Today is the time. Today, today, tell Jesus that you do not have the power to overcome. Tell him, you're weak, you will not do it, you can't do it. But ask him to give you the faith of Jesus. You see the point? To be victorious in the battle with Satan, remember that being faced by temptations, because of your sinful nature, it is not sin. Cry out to Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is the appeal. Are you willing to make that appeal? Amen. In a special way, I ask you those who are committed to follow this to stand. Precious Heavenly Father, thank you for revealing to us the future and the final conflict and the help that is there for us when Jesus stands up because he's still our Savior. He's still our King and Ruler. And so we thank you, Father, for this. But we realize also our own deficiencies our need for the Holy Spirit, and especially for the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Father, help each one of us here that is here in this sanctuary to make that commitment true and lasting because we want to be an instrument in your hands, not only so that we can be saved, but through our ministry that many others will be saved. Make us the missionaries of the last hour, Father. 
in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.